Good morning. Uh, over the last year or so in our Sunday school class, um, one of the questions I asked myself and, and challenged our class was, what can we do to be more effective followers of Christ? And, uh, you know, we come to church and we hear the stories and we pray and we talk about them. But what do we do in the rest of the week? So that's what we've really been working on for the last probably around a year or so, right, Evan? So we all put our heads together and said, okay, well, let's look through Scripture and let's try to figure out what does it say? What should we be doing? What can we do? Um, obviously, God is sovereign, so we know He's in control and, and our, our works are not going to save us, but our works are proof of our faith. So we came up with a list and uh, we've added to it and and uh, we'll probably add more to it, and I'm sure you guys will have something that you could add to it as well. Um, and this is not an all-inclusive list by any means, but uh, we really tried to focus on, you know, what practical things, what thing, how could we be active in allowing God to sanctify us? So, Evan, can you help me pass these out? There's give everybody two because there's there's both sheets. All right, so the first sheet that you'll get says, "What can we do to be more more effective followers of Christ?" And there's ten things that we're gonna that's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna go over those. The second sheet, you can look at that later, or if we have time, we'll go through it. But it says, "What gets in the way?" I um, think it's important to know when you're striving for something to know your enemy, to know the obstacles that are going to be in the way. So again, these are not all-inclusive lists by any means, but these are things that uh, we talked about as a class and put together and, and have been working on. And, and uh, each week we actually stand up before the class and, and say, okay, how did we do in these areas? And we've got a whole, uh, you get points for doing well in the, those areas. So it's uh, been a way that we've tried to keep each other accountable. And um, that's definitely needed in the Christian life. Um, I'm not great at formalities, but I know I should pray before we start. So let's do that. Thank you. Lord, we do thank you for your word and we thank you for your work in us. And we just pray, Lord, that you would work in us now and uh, help me to uh, be a good uh, teacher today and, and, and say what you want me to say and, and help those to hear what they need to hear. And Lord, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, a lot of these you're going to say, well, yeah, that makes sense. You know, that's simple. But sometimes, if you're not looking at it every day, you kind of forget it. You know, out of sight, out of mind, right? So, you know, hopefully this list will be a blessing to you. And, and again, um, you know, I'm open to additions if you see them. My wife has had a couple ideas already. Um, number one, pray for one another. Everybody agree, I'm sure, that that's something that we can do, something that we should do, something that uh, if we do often enough will help us, um, not just in our own life, but definitely help others in their Christian walk. Agree? Yes? No? Uh, and I, what we did was we, we came up with the ideas, and then we said, okay, these are great ideas, but really let's not use our ideas. Let's find scripture to back it up. So with each one of these, there's at least one verse. And again, they're, 
there's probably more verses for each one of these. Um, praying for one another, you know, we are called to specifically in James 5.16 to do that. Uh, but, you know, we should share one another's burdens, um, which kind of leads into number two. Ask for specific, specific prayer. Acknowledge our struggles and our weaknesses. We do this to God, um, but how often do we do it to our spouse, to our friends, to our um, kids even, um, you know, to others? How often do we really say, you know, I'm really struggling in this area. Can you pray for me? Um, One of Christ's great attributes is humility. And I think this is a great um, practice for us. Um, to be humble. And again, it allows others to know what to pray for. And, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of reading and and praying about understanding prayer better the last couple months. And, you know, sometimes God doesn't answer that prayer until you get enough people to pray about it so that he is glorified even more. So, again, just another reason to be vocal. You know, we have Wednesday nights and, you know, I'm sure everybody ask for a prayer request, but still has 50 other things that's on their mind. So be vocal. Talk to somebody. You know, Find at least one or two people that you can confide in with your weaknesses. Number three, again, very simple. Uh, memorize Scripture. And that's something that pastors put into practice uh, for the church, giving everybody something to follow along and try to memorize a verse every week. And, you know, some people it's easy. Bobby is Unbelievable. Bobby memorizes two, three, four verses a week. I know Evan does too. You know, these young minds, it's, it's amazing how much they can remember. Um, and us old folks, you know, we need, to, we need to work at it. Because, you know, there are, there are times, I'm sure everybody here has had a time where they've had a struggle and they thought, oh, what's that verse? Oh, I know, I, I know the, I know how it goes a little bit, but you know, whether for you or for somebody else, when you're trying to share and witness, it's good to know the verse. It's good to know word for word. It's good to know the reference. Um, so definitely, we need to memorize scripture. We need to make it a priority in our life. Number four, um, this is uh, uh, something that I don't know if you call it a crutch. Um, but, you know, we have Scripture, but sometimes it's hard to, you know, look through the whole Bible. So what I did for the class is I got everybody a little booklet, a little journal, and uh, said, you know, as we're going through, we're learning, we're finding verses that really mean a lot to us. We're finding verses that are encouraging. We're finding things um, that can be a help in time of need. Use this journal. Write down these verses. So it's you know, it's like a uh, notes. you know, quick quick study guide for times of need. And, and I know Evan, I know myself, Zach, um, we've used that to write down the verses that we're working on memorizing as well as, again, verses that are a help to us. So I, I think that's, you know, you're not always going to have your Bible with you. Um, it'd be nice. I guess, you know, everybody's got an iPhone or smartphone, you could have a Bible with you. But it's nice to have something in writing that you can look at and, uh, and go to. And, you know, it's good for notes also. Um, number five, teach others or witness to others. 
again, another area where a lot of people know, yeah, we know we should do that, but it's not always easy, is it? It's not easy, especially if you have a small comfort zone to step out um, and be a witness, especially where there's possible persecution, um, and also to step out and teach. You know, everyone in here can teach something. Everyone in here knows something that I don't know. Um, scripture and otherwise. But the practice of teaching, we all should do it, um, whether it's our children, whether it's somebody that's younger physically than us, whether it's somebody that's younger spiritually than us. We all should be teaching. And in a way, I, I view witnessing as teaching. So I think they're, they go hand in hand. Sharing what we know with others is, to me, what teaching is. Number six, read the whole Bible. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is therefore profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. Most of the time, uh, you know, we focus on the New Testament. And, you know, I love the New Testament. And, you know, it's so applicable to us today. But there's a lot in the Old Testament. And, you know, I don't know how everybody's uh, experience is. You know, Elias, let me ask, how many people in here have read the whole Old Testament? Okay. And I, I think a lot of people have read books here and there, but maybe never committed to read the whole Old Testament. And myself, Evan, Zach, um, none of us had ever committed ourselves to read the whole Old Testament. You know, we'd start on the Bible reading schedules and we'd be good through March. You know, we'd always get stuck in Leviticus or Numbers and, and then jump to the New Testament. And I think a lot of people have done that. So we actually have, again, another chart of all the books of the Old Testament, and we're keeping track of uh, when we finish it. And we got a little contest going. So who can finish it first? And, you know, it's not reading it just to read it. It's reading it to get out of it. But I think it's important just to be familiar with all of Scripture. Um, number seven, listen to good music. You know, there is such thing as good music. Um, music is moral. Music does send a message. Music does influence our thoughts. And, you know, if I had a couple different options up here, I'm sure everyone could figure out which was the good music, which was the okay music, and which was the bad music. But how many times do we choose throughout the week, uh, in our car, at home, are we choosing to listen to that good music? Um, Philippians 4.8, you know, is, is a reference for a couple of these. You know, but dwell on these things, whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely. And there is music that is true, that is pure, that is lovely. These are the things that we need to guide us, to influence us. You know, during the course of the week, you know, I think everybody, for the most part, feels great Sunday morning. You know, you're in church, you're around other Christians, you're uh, thinking positively, for the most part. Sunday afternoon, still feeling pretty good. Monday morning, tends to start wearing off, doesn't it? Tuesday morning, huh, what? You know, by Wednesday, we need to be back in church. So, I've found personally that listening to good music helps 
maintain the the right thought patterns um, helps again be a good influence on us you know when we're uh, I don't want to say you but for me I know for sure when it's quiet when I'm by myself that's a lot of times when the the mind starts to wander and starts to wonder and uh, not all the times does it end up good so I, I found that if I have the ability and the opportunity, and again, you know, MP3 players, smartphones, CDs, whatever, there's always an opportunity to have good music at hand, and uh, it definitely will um, help with the battle. Number eight, engage in Christian fellowship other than Sunday morning. Uh, We are told that we should not forsake the assembling of one another together. And, you know, most of the time people are, you know, the members here are pretty good at coming on Sunday morning. Um, and less than on Sunday night, I'm guilty of that myself. Um, but Wednesday nights, uh, there are obviously there are different functions throughout the week. And there are other ways to have fellowship. You know, there are personal Bible studies. There are different activities that you can engage in. I think, again, based on Scripture and my own experience, we should not just be Sunday morning Christians. You know, we should seek out fellowship with others. You know, I remember when I first got saved, one of the greatest things ever was not the actual Sunday morning service. It was after the service. It was standing around talking to other Christians being able to share um, what was on my heart, whether positive or or a struggle, being able to find someone else who had gone through what I was going through, that was one of the biggest blessings for me was that fellowship. And, uh, you know, potlucks are great, um, half eating, half talking, but I like like talking, I like sharing, and uh, it's been a great blessing to me, and I would assume... Everyone in here enjoys the Christian fellowship also. So don't just settle for Sunday morning. Get it more. Number nine. Number nine was not on the original list, um, maybe because of fear. Um, But this was something that we added uh, a couple months later. And uh, it is restrict, resist, and restrain. We all have temptations. We all have struggles. And there is a systematic way to deal with it. It's not perfect because we're not perfect. But we know what these struggles are. So the first thing that we should do is set up restrictions. How can we be active in um, setting up guards so that we are not tempted by these things? Um, most men in here can identify with uh, the warm weather starting a very big struggle, and that is with our eyes. And, uh, you know, that's uh, a very tough thing. So how, how can we restrict? Well, don't go places where we know we might see something that we shouldn't. Um, we can't always restrict or set up the restrictions. We can't be 100% in control. So what next? 
Well, if we see something that we shouldn't see, then we should restrain from looking again. Um, and again, this can be at, be used for other areas, you know, food. Uh, it can be used for how we spend our free time. It can be used for you know a lot of different areas wherever we do struggle, um, how we view money, you know, a lot of different areas that tempt us. Sometimes we are not able to resist. Um, and so that's where the restraint comes in. And the restraint is really a call out for help. The restraint is, you know, knowing Scripture, calling out to God, calling out to whomever you find to help you be accountable. Um, but do, you know, that's, that's, that's the last-ditch effort. And there is great victory. There's great sense of accomplishment when, when we do these things. Um, but again, it, unfortunately, we're not going to ever be perfect at this. But it's another area that we need to work on. Uh, number 10, acts of kindness. It's really easy to do something nice for somebody who does something nice for us, isn't it? How hard is it to do something nice for somebody we don't know or somebody we don't like even? Um, this, like all the rest of this, this isn't something that really comes natural. This is something that we have to work at. This is something that we have to put in our mind that we are going to do. <clears throat> a lot of times we'll think about something and we'll say, hey, maybe I should do this. But then our own pride comes in and we say, nah, I'll do it later. Or you just never get around to it. Stop procrastinating. Stop thinking of yourself. Do it. You know, if you see an opportunity to help somebody out, help them. You know, I, I always think of the verse, um, again, I, forget, I can't remember the exact reference or the exact wording, but, you know, be kind to others for you never know if you're entertaining an angel, you know, is the, is the gist of the verse. And, you know, how, how many times do you think about that? Every time I see a homeless person begging on the corner, I think about that. Hmm. I wonder if that's an angel, you know. It's a little little silly, but, you know, can we help somebody? Can we help people in need, um, whether it's in this church, whether it's somebody, you know, that we know in our family or a friend or neighbor, um, again, somebody just sitting on the side of the road. Take time if you're, if you're able and help them out. So, again, this is not an all-inclusive list, um, but this is where we started and what we focused on over the last, uh, I would say, probably around nine months and really trying to focus on these things and be active and do our part because I would assume that everyone here, if I asked you, do you want to be a more effective follower of Christ, I'm going to assume you're going to say yes. So now, what are you going to do about it? You're just going to say yes and say, I'll get to it someday. Or, you know, you're going to make your own list or use some of the things on here. But be active. Don't be passive in the Christian life. Be active in allowing God to use you. Be active in changing your habits. You know, which leads to the next list. We've got time, so let's go through that. 
Some of these are excuses, no question. Um, some of these are circumstantial, and that's what we kind of pointed out. And me being very analytical, you know, I tried to look at these as what are the things that are going to stop us, and is this something that we can control? First one on the list, probably one of the biggest uh, obstacles in our way, and that's our flesh. Our fleshly desires are going to get in the way of us being more effective followers of Christ. And our fleshly desires are a a conscious decision to sin. Many times we willfully sin against God and uh, we feel terrible afterwards. I think, again, knowing what the obstacles are, pointing them out more can help us to be proactive in this fight. Uh, Second thing, do we have distractions in this world? Jobs, uh, technology, um, just normal pressures of life. There are definitely going to be distractions, um, but a lot of them are worldly habits, habits that we've picked up um, through our parents, Habits that we picked up through other people that we know. Uh, habits that just appeal to our flesh. A lot of the times those are what get in the way of us being more effective followers of Christ. Number three, work and other responsibilities. This is circumstantial for sure. Um, I know my wife, being a nurse, has to work on Sundays. It stinks. Um, but it's something that we have to deal with. And sometimes we're in a situation where um, we can get out of our work or get out of our responsibilities or change jobs, and sometimes it's more difficult. Um, But those things get in the way, get in the way of our study, get in the way of our our time um, around the the Word of God, and... and, uh, we miss out on that fellowship. We miss out on being able to serve. Number four, laziness. You could account this as a fleshly desire, but I think it's one all on its own that needs to be addressed. We're all lazy at some time. Um, it's understandable. You know, you come home from work uh, eight, ten hours a day, and you don't feel like doing anything until you get a chance to relax. And that's not a bad thing, but, you know, it can be a bad thing when it's done too often, when it's done too long. Laziness is a sign of of our weakness uh, physically, uh, mentally, spiritually. When we would rather lay there and watch TV than do something that's going to help us or help others, that's laziness. Obviously, we need rest. but we all know what enough is and what too much is. Laziness, I think, is a a huge stumbling block block in our quest for being more effective followers of Christ. Pride and haughtiness. 
Anybody ever struggle with that? They say knowledge puffeth up. And, you know, a lot of times, I know for me, when we took the systematic theology class, it was great. I loved that class. I loved learning. But I have to admit, I felt haughty when I talked to other people who did not know all this stuff. And, you know, it was a, a huge punch in the face, you know, to realize that, well, six months ago you didn't know it either, so shut up. Um, we can be haughty, not only when dealing with unbelievers, but dealing with believers who maybe, you know, are new or maybe just haven't had the guidance needed to uh, be more mature, whatever the case may be. It's an area that we struggle. It's, it's pride. We, we need to be aware of it. We need to fight against it because it can be a huge hindrance if you're talking to an unbeliever or you're talking to a new Christian and they perceive you as prideful and arrogant. Um, you know, how effective is your witness? It will definitely get in the way of our testimony. Uh, another circumstantial obstacle, which, you know, I don't know if anybody figures how to get around this. Let me know. Uh, but sickness and weather. You know, you're sick, you're sick. My family can relate to that, and I know most people here can relate to that. If you're sick, you're most likely not going to be in church. Um, that can get in the way, obviously. I know about six weeks ago when I was sick, I was sick for about four days straight. Just I didn't do anything but eat and sleep. And, you know, is God going to punish me for that? No. But did it hinder my spiritual growth? Yeah. I wasn't reading anything. I wasn't around anyone talking. I wasn't, I didn't, I don't think I prayed maybe once or twice and said, help me get better. You know, that's about it. It can hinder you. Um, weather, obviously, they close down church. They close down. That doesn't happen too often. But weather can hinder us from um, being witnesses, from engaging in fellowship. Again, just another thing that can get in the way. Seven. Can anybody here relate with seven? Fear. Fear, like laziness. Um, is a weakness. And sometimes it's a habit. Sometimes it's uh, just part of our personality. But I was talking with my wife on the way here. You know, I, I believe that part of the, the Christian life is us forcing ourselves to be uncomfortable. You know, trying to expand our comfort zone one of the things I tried to have Evan and, and Zach and even my wife do in our class is have them teach. And it was very nerve-wracking for all of them. Um, but they did a great job. And they took time and they studied and they were prepared and they got up and they went through it. And I think they all grew from it. And I've had each of them teach twice and all of them did even better the second time. So, you know, if we're going to grow, we have to be uncomfortable. 
Anybody remember the growing pains when you're a teenager? I used to wake up and feel like somebody beat my legs with a baseball bat. You know, that's... Like, I heard it used uh, in this message Pastor gave me. So the Christian life is like being drawn and quartered. Everyone know what that is? Or they tie you up and pull you in every direction? We must force ourselves to be uncomfortable. And a lot of times, that uncomfortable, that fear, might be with knowing something that we don't want to know. We're held accountable for what we know. And, you know, they say that those who have heard the gospel and refused it will be in much worse position than those who never heard it. Well, I think those who have heard it and haven't done much with it are going to be, again, not punished, but not given what they could have gotten once they get to heaven. You know, we're going to be asked, what did you do with my son? You know, how effective were you as a follower of Christ? I think everyone here would like to say, you know, I got a nice little lift here. Now, it's all thankful to God, of course. There's nothing that we can do outside of of His grace. You know, apart from Him, I'm the schmuck of all schmucks. Uh, There's no question. But uh, with Him, when we trust Him, we can do great things, including getting past our fears. And family. Family can be a circumstance that hinders us from being a more effective follower of Christ. Um, whether it be unsafe family members getting at us and causing us to sin with our attitude, whether it be, um, you know, if one of our kids was sick today, someone's got to stay home with them. Um, Kids, uh, events, things, there's always something with family that can get in the way. And again, this is a list not to be used as a crutch, but it's a list to think about. You know, what things are getting in in your way? You know, look at this list. And again, maybe come up with your own list. But look at this list and and say, what areas can I work on? And what things are getting in my way? I think, again, if we identify them, if we uh, attack them, if we enlist others to help us, then we can get past most of these obstacles and we can all be more effective followers of Christ. And I, I hope that that's what your desire is. Uh, again, it's not going to come from just showing up on Sunday. It's gonna. This is a fight. You know, we are in a spiritual battle every single day. Uh, I know I love the song "I Need Thee Every Hour" because it's true. When we do not call upon Him. we're in trouble and you know we need him we need to know what he wants and we need to be active in our sanctification process I actually cut this short because I thought it was going to take longer than it did and we still have some time left so I will open it up and number one um do you guys have any other things maybe that we could add to this list of things that we can do to be more effective followers of Christ? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but uh, i got a little time left.
Yes, Ken. Okay. Yeah. But uh, fleshly desires, um, James 1 12, I thought of that. Mm-hmm. I used to uh, clean the church at Grace Baptist Church years ago when I was younger. Yeah. I hated cleaning the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, I, I cleaned them, but I hated them. And I, at Grace Baptist Church, you know, they, they had uh, a lot of services there. Uh, they had services there at least four times a week. And so the bathrooms needed to be cleaned all the time. Yeah. 
Well, and, and, and I think a lot of this, you know, one of the things I realized a couple of years ago is the power of habit. You know, it's a it's a it's a chain to us at times, but it's one of the greatest things God gave us is the power of habit. You know, how many time, how many people this morning had to think about how to brush their teeth or about how to put their shoes on and tie them? You know, we have habit. We can do so many things without thinking about them. I mean, how many people are drove home from work and don't even remember the drive because you were in deep thought about so many other things? You know, habit can be a great tool for us, but it can be a chain. Our bad habits, our sinful habits. And, and I, I think First um, Corinthians nine twenty four and 25, that's one of the, the most powerful verses I found in looking at this and trying to develop the right attitude and the right uh, focus on being more effective. Uh, let's see. I've got it in my journal here. Okay, 24 and 25. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. We are in a race. We are in a battle. We need to look at it that way. We need to run in a way that we can win. This one even is even more powerful. Verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. And they then do it to receive a perishable gift, but we an imperishable. So if these world-class athletes are exercising self-control in all things for a lump of gold, for a little bit of cash, how much more is the onus on us to exercise self-control in all things for what we are to receive? And not just what we are promised, but what we can receive. You know, we know that there are certain rewards for our faith, but even more rewards for doing more for Him. So, to me, that's motivating. Um, And again, it's it's not anything where it's going to make us perfect knowing this. But when we can look back at it, when we can have other people who are maybe going through the same thing, and we can encourage each other, and we can hold each other accountable, I think we can all do better. I think we can all be more effective followers of Christ if we work at it. Yes, sir. I had a couple of thoughts. Um, there's been times in you know, my personal life when I, the Lord has put there deliberately, I think, to humble me or to help me realize something from somebody else's point of view that I may have overlooked. I mean, you know, you bring up this example of having to clean toilets or whatever. Uh, I took a, like a Christmas vacation time 
to earn some money while I was going to college, and I'd clean some bathrooms, and I was like, boy, I never realized what it was like cleaning a bathroom. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and it made me a little bit more careful about how I did things in life to, you know, not make such a mess for others. But it was a humbling experience as far as, you know, one of those things in life where you realize that, you know, there are things in life that have to be done, and sometimes you have to do it. You may not like it, <laughs> you know, but um, if it needs to be done and God puts you there to do it, you got to do it. Um, I was listening to a message um, talking about uh, sometimes Christians have to be bruised to become sweet. The idea was um, well related to the sycamore tree has fruits that are similar to a fig, but the, the figs of the sycamore <laughs> are not sweet. They're very bitter. And so they have to be bruised to become sweet. And the analogy was made that sometimes Christians are not very sweet until God bruises them a bit, and then they can become sweet. Um, I've heard it another way, that uh, we are a vessel, and God's light is in us, but we need to be broken, and we need to be cracked for that light to shine through. Mm-hmm. So, similar analogy. The other thought I was having was, you know, if you compare our lives to, let's say, uh, Christians in China or Christians in parts of the Middle East, we're really very uh, spoiled. <laughs> you could say we're spoiled brats. Um, we don't face hardly any problems, comparatively speaking. Uh, most of us certainly don't face death. You know, they talk about being lazy or fearful or, you know, living with circumstances or being distracted. You know, I I think the situation that we're in is definitely something that Satan uses and our worldly sins get a hold of us and keep us from what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, with luxury comes distraction. We are are very blessed in one sense, but it makes it... I think more difficult on us when there's so many distractions. We just have to be more prepared. We have to work harder at it. Uh, and every every culture, every person is going to have their own battle, their own struggles. Um, everyone here, everyone here is going to have different struggles. Identify them and attack them. And it's it's not going to come without work. And I'll tell you. Since I started really focusing on this, <laughs> it has not been easy. I was told by an evangelist one time, if you're not rocking Satan's boat, he's not rocking yours. And I feel like I'm rocking his because he's really rocking mine. Um, but it's, in a way, it's it's a blessing. It's a it's an honor to suffer um, because I know in the end it's it's all worth it. God's doing something in me, and hopefully it'll make a difference in others' lives. Any other thoughts? Okay, well, I don't think anybody will mind if we end a couple minutes early. Thanks, guys. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for your patience with us. We are weak. We are fearful. We are lazy at times. We do let things distract us. Help us all to identify these struggles, to set up restrictions, to 
resist the temptations put before us and to obey you, Lord. Help us to be active. Help us to be aggressive in the spiritual warfare that we are in. Uh, But help us to draw our strength completely from you. Help us to trust you, Lord. Help us to obey. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.